Good morning, Juventini. Victory Monday. All right, Victory Monday. Got the job done against Genoa. We've got uh, Raf and Anthony joining us to break this one down real quick. We'll get the business out of the way. StripedArtsApparel.com, the sponsor. Check them out. A lot of new uh, designs dropped and whatnot. Free shipping on qualifying orders anywhere in the world. So check that out. Okay. If you're listening to the podcast on audio, Get over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and join the live chats. We have a ton of action as we are a little bit delayed, and we apologize in starting up, and that is 100% my fault. Yeah, that's good. But, uh, yeah, we got uh, a lot of action already out of the gate here. Good morning. So many chances missed yesterday, but other than that, played good and attacked and created a lot up front. We're going to get to all that. Luca coming in here. You're starting the pod talking Icardi and Sule. Great stuff. Oh, yeah. And everybody that's joining us right off the bat, save your questions towards the end. Okay, we will get to that. Okay, guys. Man, this should have been an absolute uh, route of a match. So, you know, we want to get uh, as much confidence through this stretch of matches that we can build off of. But the finishing, the finishing needs to be better. We're going to get into all the question marks that were left after this match, regardless of it being uh, 2-0 and everything. But real quick, we'll go through uh, the highlights and see exactly where uh, some of the frustration was in the finishing, okay? And we'll kick it off. Uh, well, we'll kick it off with the first goal, okay? So we got an Olympico from uh, Mr. Juan Cuadrado. Um, admittedly, himself was a cross, supposed to be uh, near post. And hard, but uh, worked out even better for uh, the Colombian. And it goes never ever admit it. He, you always say I meant one. to do that. Always say what, that I meant it. What's that, Ant? Always say that I meant to do it. Never, never concede that you were trying to cross it. Hundred percent. That was a hundred percent the intention. But uh, Quadrado, being honest, he also went back, went as far back to say that uh, another goal he was just trying to cross, and it uh, ended up going in. And that was the one against. Uh, did he say Fiorentina? I believe. Yeah, I think Fiorentina goal. So Juan with the honesty. We'll get going here. So break the lines on a pass. We're coming at them. Morata slides it over to uh, Bernardeschi. Bernardeschi was absolutely everywhere in this match. Um, so he's stretching the D here. Takes his uh, defender on. But the end shot being uh, low and right at uh, Sirigu. Thought maybe try and take it up top because most goalies tend to get down right but uh yeah bernardeski stopped on this one we get to another sequence again doing a good job when genoa tries to press on the flanks finding that extra run through that open man and i said it in the tactical breakdown if you want to hurt genoa put your shooting boots on and get to this area area up at the top dibala does just that but unfortunately Another bit of an errant pass leads them too close to the defenders. This one ends up going high and over the net. Again, good opportunity, though. You see Quadrado for an opportunity if uh, they want to slide over, but I doubt Dybala's ever going to pass up an opportunity Never. when you're dead center inside the area. So, yeah, Never. can't really uh, fault him there on that one. And then uh, we get to this little play. Again, inside, finding the top of the area where they leave open. Bernardeschi this time. Ends up putting a money pass in to the back post there. Delict is all alone. All alone here. I thought 100% goal. Look at this. From here, you really can't. You just can't miss that. Right, fellas? Like, this just has to end up in the back of the goal. Poor finish. Yeah. And this, I don't even know how this happens. On the second opportunity after the save. Who got um, a foot on it? Steve I couldn't tell. I think it was Morata. You see from this angle, and it looks like Delict and Morata both meet the ball, and they just stop it for yeah. uh, Siriku here. They just touch it down instead of forward. Yeah, like Delict's foot is blocking it from goal, defender's instincts here, and Morata is trying to, yeah. Take I don't know why Morata didn't just go for in. his head. Like, look at where his foot is compared to his face. They it's just like just die for that with your head, bro. Yeah, made a mess of this one. But that needed to be one for sure. We get a little further on here. Again, attacking the flanks, getting a lot of extra space. Dybala sent through a pretty good ball. I mean, 
I expect better from this. And I know Anthony's going to say that the hop did make it difficult and challenging for Marata as he has to jump up to try and hit it downwards. I still think he could at least directed it one way a little bit better. It's a challenging attempt, though. I will I will give it that. Raf says that's an easy finish. I say it's a little bit tougher than, than it looks. If that's Ronaldo there, that's a goal. If that's a Vlahovic there, that's a goal. Any top striker scoring that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's going to be hard to argue with that. But yeah, I. It is I, hard I, to I, argue with that. I think, yeah, yeah. maybe a sign of uh, the current form that Morata's in. I, w- I would have scored it. Yeah. I, was, I, I expected better. Saying, I expected I this to be a goal. I I, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. Let's put it that way. So, Raf, we will concede. No, we will concede Chris to you, okay? <laughs> Now we get to uh, yeah, you can see it's dead Adam. Damn, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. I can't defend him on that one. This is tough, tough to get, it, but it's got to be better. We get uh, another one. Find uh, DiBala top of the area. He takes one step uh, over to his uh, left foot, and this one just goes uh, over Sirigu full stretch there. I don't, I don't know if he's getting to that one. If it hits target there in the corner. Um, Move on. Morata does a good job stripping the defender there. He cuts in from uh, the side. And uh, this one was another good save by uh, Sirigu. It was rocked. It's pretty hard. He had to dive out to his side there. Routine. Anthony says poor finishing. I mean, sure, Routine. ultimately, if it's not a goal, it's not well, a strong it, finishing. It's but way, it's that was a big high. save by Sirigu. It's waist high and it's... You know, it's in the he doesn't even have to put his arm at a full stretch. That's a that's a routine save for a professional goalie. Man, he's seven yards out. It's, <laughs> he's it's like a poor, seven yards out. It's a it's a poor finish. Thing. I'm saying it's a poor finish. You put that on the ground or more steam in towards the side, that's in the back of the net. But that would, any professional goalie should save that. It had a hell of a lot of steam. Mm. Ah that's mm. no. Come on. Come on. That's a good <laughs> save from Sarah. Hey, I'm I'm a big Morata guy too. And I'm going to say that was a terrible. And this has nothing to do with Morata. Just I think more acknowledging Sirigu was solid. Yeah, he stopped say everything. He stopped everything that um, was shot straight at him. We get a fast break here. This is one you and I got into it too again. I had to watch so, it four times again. Fast break. Morning. Morata coming up. He does slot over to Bentancur. Bentancur lets up a bit. Dybala's coming in. You gar- I guarantee you 150%. Dybala said, "Don't you touch that? 100%. Don't you touch that?" And he does. He leaves it. And uh, Sirigu just gets way out on Dybala. ends up stopping it. Oh, my God. We're out of sequence here. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, yeah, that's just a tough one there. Um, I think I said, I mean, Bentoncourt's got to take the first one in order to allow Dybala to get into even a better spot and just freeze up Sirigu for that split second because where he ends up, he just basically doesn't even become a decoy or an option for a pass. Like Sirigu knows basically Dybala's got to shoot mm-hmm. or try and get him around him, which at the one point, Bentecourt standing right next to him anyways. So he's like, he's not going to cut into his right because he's right there. Ah, it's a tough one. Another I way I was thinking about this. There. Another way I was thinking about this. If Bentecourt and Dybala were switched, Dybala's taking that ball, right? If he was in the middle. 100%. Right, he's gonna continue on and take that ball that Bentecourt should have done. Yeah, it's but you you know Dubal is calling him off. 100 percent Dubal is saying don't touch that. Don't <laughs> touch that. And why why wouldn't he? Yeah. I mean last, certainly not least, Bernardeski coming in from the wings, slots a nice little pass through to Dubala, who runs in and he hammers this thing home low and hard, far post. Two nil. There's your two nil. Okay. See, low and hard, far post. Goalie can't save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Morata, take notes. Guys, 2-0 victory. And uh, we're going to get to uh, right out of the gate performances, performances from players here, and we'll get to uh, man of the match. So pretty split um, amongst uh, the team yesterday on this one. And uh, rightfully so, honestly. Um, we're starting to see in this new setup, that it suits the guys more. And when you're playing something that's more suited to your players, you start to see guys who are, you can single out a little bit easier as maybe letting you down. And when you start having more and more guys that are in the discussion for man of the match, that's when you know that your system's right. So 
without further ado, Stripe Tarts Peril sponsored man of the match. And we're going to start with Raph. Raph, who is your man of the match? Uh, for me, as CEO of the Hive, I have to say Nicolò Rovella. The fact that he didn't play gave us the victory. If he was playing, <laughs> I feel like it could have been a different result. <laughs> but if nah, you guys seriously. thought you were getting away without any Rovella Hive discussion with Anthony being on the show, you were wrong. And Raph's wasting we'll, we'll no time. We'll get that into, into that later. But um, no, nah, I think for man of the match, seriously, I think it probably would be Dybala. Um, you know, the clear-cut chances created for... You know, like Morata, the goal at the end to kind of give us the victory. And the fact that he was just everywhere. He Like this season, he just kind of feels like he's taken so much more responsibility of just like our game. We look so much better when he's on the pitch. And um, that's not to say that anyone else yesterday wasn't like incredible because I genuinely felt like everyone, like everyone other than Morata and maybe Kulosevsky was amazing. Like, yeah, even, you know, Locatelli was great. Quadrada was great. The two centre-backs are amazing. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I can just give it to everyone. But if I have to yeah. pinpoint someone, it'll be Dybala. Yeah. And we got shouts, Locatelli. We got shots, uh, shouts for Chiellini there. Uh, Anthony, your man of the match. Hard to argue. This is two games in a row against two, uh, you know, dog dump teams. But, hey, uh, team team played well. I think you can pass around. I look at the statistics again, and statistically, Juan Cuadrado is the highest rated player for the second game in a row. He is not my man of the match because I didn't really feel that. For me, it was uh, Bernadeschi. He just seemed to be – he covered every blade of grass yesterday. You know, again, he he's keeping things simple. I, hey, listen, I'm not going to say Dybala is not a good show. To, you know, 1A, 1B for me. But uh, Bernadeschi, he got the assist. He just seemed to be everywhere. Him and Bentoncourt just seemed to be covering a lot of ground. Uh, again, poor opponent, but a lot to build on. So for my uh, for my man, I'm, I'm going with Bernadeschi yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I had uh, Dybala as my man of the match. Um, probably it was being a little biased because it was part of my predictions, the predictions I've won last uh, from yesterday. So, yeah, Luca, enough. Quiet down there. Okay. Predictions, I take it. Dybala, though, but watching it after, I probably would have gone with Bernardeschi. And then Lucci's going to be pumped because he actually called Bernardeschi for man of the match yesterday. Did Dybala officially win it? Was that, was he the, I don't even know. <laughs> I think it depends where you look. I don't know who officially got it there, but I think honestly, I'd probably have to give it to Berna. He was everywhere. He was absolutely everywhere. He, he balled out. It was, uh, it was a fantastic game from him. Now we get to some of the outside performances there. Kuliszewski. Kuliszewski continues uh, to leave fans uh, wanting more. Um, here we have a setup that should be playing a little bit more to his suit, like his strengths and whatnot. In the first half, I was very, very disappointed in Kuliszewski. Mm -hmm. In the second half, I started to see a little bit of improvement, but it was still not enough. I want to get Raf's thoughts on Kuliszewski. Where you stand, is he higher up on the list of guys we can afford to move if a good offer comes in raf what are your what are your thoughts definitely, on kulishevsky definitely definitely um yesterday him and morata for me were the two worst players on the pitch um we had so many chances where like on the right hand side kulishevsky will be put through he'll be like on the edge of the area and you just kind of see his limitations especially when he's on that right touchline he always has to rely on cutting in and the defender can easily defend against him because he knows he's not going to go on his right. There was an opportunity where Locatelli put him clean through with like an amazing threaded pass. And then again, as soon as he reaches like the edge of the area, he kind of stumbles and, and stutters in his, his step. And um, it's just really frustrating to see, especially when he's playing in his preferred position now. He's not like a striker. He's not playing on the left. He's playing on the right where he did at Parma against a poor team with like nine players missing. Like you should see something. And we saw nothing again yesterday, which is really frustrating. If an offer comes in from Arsenal, Spurs or anyone, take that money and invest it in a strike or another winger or something. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really not sold. And game by game, I'm just liking him a lot less now. Yeah. It's getting very hard to defend Kulishevsky, isn't it, Anthony? Uh, no. I will defend him in the sense that I thought he played a better second half than the first half. Still young. He. It's hard to forget how well he played last year. 
My thing is if you, it all depends on the offer. If the offer is, you know, okay, you're, you're giving up a winger and you're, you're losing depth at that position. So I still think we're a little bit thin on the wings. If we do go with the four, two, three, one, you know, you have Bernadeski goes down. Then who do you have? You know, you have Danilo down, Quadrado has to play at the back. I, I, I think Kluszewski is a depth, depth player for this team. Uh, whether he wants to be that, that's uh, that's a different story. But he's still young. Uh, it, for me, it depends on the offer. If it's too low, I would say not worth it. Uh, keep keep him as a depth player. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't know. Um, I think it's next a little bit, especially with the lineup and the schedule, like being these weaker opponents. The fact that Kiesa is out. More minutes we're going to head uh, Kulishevsky's way. I really saw this as the time for him to really make a statement and defend his case for staying here. It's not over yet. There's still, um, you know, five matches, four league ones, I believe, before the break. He's got to he's got to make a solid, solid impact. Because once Kiesa comes back, the way we're playing now in this setup is going to be catered to him as well. Then all of a sudden, Kulishevsky's minutes are really going to drop down again. And then you're left with kind of these samples as your last taste. And I don't think it's nearly enough to justify if an offer comes in saying no, really. Um, it, it's, 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 it's a tough one there on him. Now, Morata is, uh, you know, we asked this question prior to the match. We've been asking it as of late. Do you withdraw from spending a lot of money on a nine to spread it out amongst the team? Or do you go all in and try and do whatever you can to bring a Vlaovic in? Where do you guys stand on this? And, you know, it's hard when you watch a match like that when finishing is brutal. And you start to question, like, this team, this team needs a confidence and needs to, you know, pick it up and take that next step. But if they can't be clinical in a match when you end up with what 25 total attempts 27 yeah 27 total attempts i mean and you barely get two there and you're all over them i don't even think genoa had a sniff of anything they had zero shots on net they had zero shots zero on net we do we go all in on a nine do you spread the money out has anything changed from what we're seeing as of late um, Anthony, let's start with you on this one. Well, it kind of carries on to the to the last topic, right? And I see Eric brought it up. You know, you sell a winger to buy a winger. That's not how it works. You sell a winger, and then the team is going to decide what position they need to fill. Why would you sell a player in a position where you don't you don't have needs, right? We don't have we don't have depth there. You you need a left back. Well, Pellegrini had a good game, but he's played two terrible teams. So yesterday really hammers down the point two days ago i was against buying a striker today is a different story because it shows that morata isn't a number one striker and he wasn't number one striker when ronaldo was here so it all depends on these next four or five games how pellegrini plays especially in january when we start playing that we played napoli rome udinese and milan so i'd like to see pellegrini there to see if he can handle the left back uh position and then that's going to decide if they're going to splash on that striker. I think we do need it now because Morata just – I'm a big Morata guy, but he's just – he's not the guy. Yeah, Raph? Um, for me, I, I think it, it comes down to when we're trying to sign this number nine. If it's a, if it's a January thing, I feel like uh, – I'm a, I'm a Skamaka guy. So we can – my take on that is we can get him in January on the cheap or on Alvarez. If they hit the ground running and score a bunch of goals, then we can reinvest in the midfield. If they don't, maybe include them in a deal for Vlahovic in the summer. But if we play our cards right, we can spend big on a, on a huge number nine and reinvest in the midfield in other ways. We have Rovella out on loan. We have Pogba who's running down his contract and will be available in the summer for a free. So if we play our cards right, we have two great options there to fill the squad and we can splash big cash on a number nine as well. Or we'll have to kind of, you know, spread the cash evenly and, and maybe sign a player like a Skamaka who will cost a lot less, but, you know, is a bit of a gamble and fill out other areas of the squad. I think it just depends on how, how desperate we are right now to, to sign a striker. 
I don't think anybody's coming in in January. If you are, you're overpaying. I see deals in January for for June. I really don't see anybody coming in unless you want to overpay for it. And uh, Raf, keeping the dream alive for Pogba. Keeping the dream alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's an option. I mean, if you play our cards right, why not? You know? Yeah. The uh, it's it's tough for me to get behind uh, the and it still is even though I know how frustrating it was yesterday watching so many opportunities squandered. Um, still, we do not create nearly that many opportunities, which can make the argument, which is why you need somebody that's lethal and clinical. Mm-hmm. However, we still still need several areas um with attention uh required right we need we're gonna need left back center back's gonna need a a boost there midfielder we're still missing a certain profile in the midfield we can it's getting better in the two-man pivot with these guys but now the next question is the rotation how do you maintain this moving forward once the rotation sets in, because now obviously you've got Malmo midweek, you've got uh, another uh, Serie A match on the weekend. I always said this about this team is the rotation. And Max has got to be very, very careful now not to lose that um, in the rotation midfielders. McKenny can McKenny play in a two man pivot. Do you guys see it? Mm-hmm. Raf? Uh, I mean, the game against um, Zenit, wasn't he playing in a in a two man pivot in a in a four four two? I feel like he can he can do a job there. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it just comes down to coaching. You know, I think last season he was playing a bit more of a free role, kind of in between the the midfield and the two strikers. I feel like all Allegri needs to do is just drill it into him. I mean, if he's not just going to go running up the field if Allegri is giving him the strict instructions to you know stick by Locatelli and you know be be a bit more responsible, it can it can be done. It just comes down to coaching. Yeah. Once Danilo, uh, the Danilo loss hurts big time. If Did he it? was back, would you put him on the left side over Sandro and Pellegrini? Or does Pellegrini now have top spot ahead of Sandro in your mind? Has he done enough or do we factor in the opponents being Salernitana, um, Genoa, whatnot? Is Pellegrini, is he your top choice left back? And For the rest of this year, yes. He is, eh? Right, because yeah. who do we have left? We have Venezia, uh, Bologna, and Cagliari. So, and well, Malmo. But uh, yeah, why, why bring? No need to rush Danilo back. Quadrado's got that right side locked down. Let the young man play. See what he can do on the left side. Why not? Yeah. It's it's the the trick is going to be when everybody's healthy on January third or fourth, whenever we play Napoli. That's the lineup. I'm really looking forward to see if we stick with this formation. And then you just insert. I don't know. What do you do? You bring Danilo back in right when he's healthy, January fourth. Does he stroll right back in? I like Quadrado better at the right back position. So, so whatever I, I do, I don't move Quadrado further up the pitch. That's number one. I leave him there. The reason Quadrado's above Danilo for me on that right side is because of what he brings to the attacking phase. I think we need it. We need it from one of those flanks. The thing I noticed yesterday with Pellegrini, having Bernardeschi on that same side Mm -hmm. made things a lot easier for him. And he wasn't required to do so much offensively. And it actually helped us uh, stability-wise, especially on the defensive end. So I think you kind of continue to build off of that. And Danilo, if it were me, I use him as an alternate to either one of those sides. Um, you know, but if you need to lock things up a little bit more, maybe you go Danilo um, ahead of one of those guys on either sides because you don't you don't absolutely need to attack from both sides, both flanks, whatnot, especially in a setup like this that we just saw where you have two creators in Bernardeschi and Dybala. The biggest thing that still surrounds everybody, uh, question mark-wise, is consistency. We need consistency out of these guys, but first and foremost, we need consistency out of Max and the setup. So he needs to roll with this, and we need to build off this. 
because I won't listen to any talk about the fact of who the opponents were. This actually made sense for our players and their abilities. Like, 100%. Would you guys agree with that? Go ahead, Raf. So what was the um, question again? Basically, that the this setup that we're currently in makes the most sense for the players that we have, even if you start to look at some of the rotation. It still makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not too, you know, different from what we were seeing slightly earlier. I mean, the exactly. 4-4-2 was, was pretty similar, but right now we're seeing Dybala kind of a bit deeper and, you know, facilitating and, you know, taking a bit more control of the game rather than sitting on the shoulders of um of Morata up top and kind of playing like a flat four behind. So I feel like the, the idea has always been there. It's just kind of been how to kind of perfect it. Because again, this is a team that doesn't have a, a set system and we have players that are kind of just makeshift here and there. So um, from what we've seen recently, I mean, it's, 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 it's not doing too bad. We've gone two games, um, two, uh, four goals, uh, two clean sheets, you know, I feel I feel like it, at this point now, from now to the rest of the season, I feel like it's just kind of maybe getting a couple, a couple names in in January on the cheap and just kind of filling the role, um, filling roles until the end of the season and just trying to get a top four spot. But I feel like right now the four two three one's our our best option with what we have. I see. Uh, I see John's comment here. I'm not sure McKenney starts in this formation. I I think he can slot right in there for Bentoncourt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. It's, I think I think he would do the exact same job. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope because I think changing formations and whatnot starts to affect the chemistry that you can build on, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we got to see that. Um, I think you try it. Whatever you do, you try to keep things as close to this as possible. We got a couple other discussion points. Um, Julian Alvarez. Alvarez was a name that Joe Cappuccino threw out here on the show yesterday, Match Day Live, about being somebody as well as Skamakia in that list of more affordable options, right? It's been rumored, uh, well, brought to us by um, uh, Tina Tali there, okay, who's been uh, on the show and everything. Uh, he's fantastic there, Miracle. And it says there are no contacts with Juventus on Alvarez. So sorry to crush you, Joe Cappuccino there, okay, but uh, nothing for Julian Alvarez as of now. The Dybala renewal continues to sit in limbo. The Dybala renewal has been a topic of discussion for three years now, okay? Obviously right now with the investigation and everything surrounding Juventus, it's kind of taken a back burner and that's the stories that you're hearing from uh, the media outlets right now is that it's completely on hold. But as much as they love to stir the pot, they continue that by saying maybe it's Dybala waiting to see Juve's fate. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. However, the question surrounding Dybala is, and I put this out on a poll, poll question yesterday, has Dybala done enough in your mind, to justify the contract extension? Did you ever have any doubts? Has this season kind of changed it? As I feel like he's answered to a lot of criticisms that have surrounded him as far as being a leader, being that guy and whatnot. You start to hear the young guys like Chiesa and Locatelli put him up there with the Chiellini and Benucci's as far as leadership goes. I think that says a lot. But where do you guys stand on Paulo Dybala and the contract extension. Um, do you automatically give it to him? Um, do you still have reservations or whatnot? So the question was, has he removed any doubts that you would have had about renewing the contract? 65% have said yes. 35% have said no. I want to hear where Anthony and Raf are with this. And of course, everybody joining us live. Uh, he did his play has not removed any doubts. I never had any doubts, so there was really nothing to remove. Like you, you pay the man, you give him his money, you sign the extension. Now that I might, I might have some questions on the years because I think he wanted 2026 20, and the team wanted 2025. 20, you know that that I'd I'd be willing to you know discuss a little bit. But in terms of I think it's now up to eight million a year plus incentives or eight and a half plus bonus, like I. Are we kidding ourselves here? This team is completely different 
pretty much completely different when he's off the field than when he's on. So, uh, you know, Locatelli's a, a, a good signing. You know, we have Delict at the back, Chiesa, but I think this team goes as Dybala goes. He's he's our engine. So pay the man. Yeah. Um, I Rob. agree. I agree. I mean, um, in the summer, Allegri was very vocal about wanting Dybala to be the, the front and center of this this new project that he he's building. So I feel like to kind of fumble on that already when, you know, all this talking of some of Allegri has, you know, full control over the team and, and players and everything to just let the player who he wants to be front and center of his project to go on a free would uh, would, would be terrible. So, um, yeah, I feel like just just give him, I mean, con considering the, the figures we were hearing before in terms of like 15 or something million, like it's it's not too bad. It's 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 a nice amount. I think it's like eight million plus bonuses to make it ten, which is which is fine. I mean that's just what one million more than Rabio's earning. Like that's a no brainer for me. Give him that money, build around him, make sure Allegri has his man, and 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 will actually be able to finally you know build a squad of some sort for for a manager in their specific vision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to uh, say for me, I never really had a doubt the injury concerns started to come up and this is something that surrounds Dybala over the past couple of years a lot now interesting to see several coming to Paolo's defense in terms of the injury count and saying there's only been one season where he hasn't played 30 plus matches for Juventus so can you label a player injury prone if that's the case not, not really play. like over like that's a lot of games man yeah like so if, if you have a player consistently playing over 30 games that's a goalie you know yeah other than that yeah, it's tough to really it's tough to do in them to an injury prone uh label or status so in 2015 16 when he joined us 34 matches played 2016 17 31 matches played 17, 18, 33 matches played, 18, 19, 30, 19, 20, 33. And uh, last season was the first one where he reached 20. And he had yeah, that last, yeah, last season was the only one. Where, he, had like, that, he had that big injury, right? Mm -hmm. And COVID twice. Yeah, he had COVID twice and a big injury. So, you know, it's it's tough to really label him necessarily as injury prone. So there was a few people that came to uh, DePaul's aid with that and just say, I'm not really buying the whole injury-prone thing because the facts are right there. And it's kind of something that's not anything you can really argue. I mean, it's matches played. Well, I think it comes down to, like, he's, he's such a high-profile player that when he, you know, okay, he played 30 matches, whatever year, let's just say, the, match, the year he played 30, the team probably played 40-something games. And he missed, okay, he missed 14 games, but and he had injuries here and there. But, but players pick up injuries. They have to sit out, they have to sit out a game or two. If if we're gonna nitpick, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother with it. You know. Yeah, I also think that people forget a lot of the matches that uh he was sat, coaching changes, everything. Like there's yeah, it's true. There's a lot of times he was healthy that he wasn't getting starts when we were all arguing he should have been too. There's a lot that goes into it. But I think maybe labeled as injury prone may not necessarily uh, fit the mold. But that threat and that fear is really there with all players. I mean, when you're going to sign somebody a bigger um, amount of money, one of your top paid guys, there's always naturally going to be concerns about it. Um, that's just the way it is. You could sign anybody. We can go out there. We can spend the 70 mil on Vlaovic. Vlaovic could potentially have a terrible injury and all of a sudden it goes all for naught. Mm -hmm. These things can happen. But I think maybe calling them injury prone, I don't I don't really know. I don't really know if stretch. I'm buying that one. So for me, again, it comes down to the importance of him to the team, how they play, the, the impact he has. I don't think there's any doubts there and there shouldn't be. And if Max came back and wanted to make him the center of the project, this again would tie into our feelings about management as a whole over the past several years. And that's committing to the plan. So if the plan is to make him the focal point, get behind it and stand behind it and let's make the moves and make it happen. Because all of a sudden now, if you're going to say, no, he isn't the focal point who is, 
and where are you going next? It, it feels like, again, we're, we would be in this flux, right? And I felt that way through the Ronaldo project. Like, it's like, what are we actually doing here? You know, were we just missing? Was he the missing link that we were just adding? Or are we actually going to go all in and back this guy up? Well, no, because we just went back to free transfers and super high wages and thought we were there. I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, I feel like the Ronaldo one, no fault of his own, obviously. I just feel like the team didn't realize financially that it just wasn't going to work. Um, so I've heard right. I've heard that this investigation is throwing a bit of a wrench into getting that done. I'm not sure if that's true or not. To getting the extension signed as this. Well, they're definitely, definitely putting everything on hold, I think, right now, um, which I is kind of – a bit more concerning about it, but I ultimately, I don't, I'm not terribly concerned with his investigation. Yeah. I think, really. I think Dybala said it um, in the interview that um, he understands what's happening right now. And the club comes before everything. And apparently like, the club was shocked that he, he brought up in the interview. So I feel yeah. like that's, that's definitely something that even he like realizes and he just doesn't want to, you know, yeah. put, make now, that a priority at the, at the, at the moment. Yeah. We opened it up to uh, some questions here. RB comps coming in Pellegrini or Sandra. We all kind of answered that already. Pellegrini, right? Mm -hmm. Moving yes. forward. Yeah. Till given a reason not to. Anyways. Pellegrini, Sandra, or Danilo. Yeah. I guess Al, you made the point. Yeah. Danilo over top of both those guys when he comes yeah. back. So who are your starting two mids if we continue on in this uh in this uh mode basically? Um for me. Honestly, I like that combo we saw yesterday. I really, really do. I think they complement one another very, very well. I think if you're going to play in a 4-2-3-1, you don't need the attacking prowess out of the midfield because you're adding an extra guy like in Bernardeschi up top there. Your winger, Kuliszewski, needs to be more effective. But once Chiesa's in there, ready to cook, Dybala kind of flown around up there in behind the forwards. So I, I kind of like the locatelli Bentoncourt combo. I'm intrigued at seeing McKenney in there. Um, and Rabio can do it. In a two-man pivot, Rabio makes much, much more sense than anything else, I think, even a three-man midfield. What are your guys' thoughts? Raf? Um, for me, I'll go uh, Locatelli and McKenney. Simply down to the fact that what I saw against Zenit proves McKenney can play in the two. And in my opinion, that was our best performance of the season. Aside from yesterday, yesterday I'll kind of put it at second solely down to the fact that it was a, a, a general team with like nine players missing. Mm -hmm. um, even though it was a good performance, you know, we have to take into consideration the opponent as well. And against Zenit, that was the best football I'd seen from us in a long time. Uh, which shows McKenny can play in a two. He had so much, you know, he took so much initi initiative going forward, even on the defensive end. Like he, he can, he can be that reliable man in the midfield as well. So, for me, it'll be him, uh, Locatelli and McKenny, and Bent Bentancourt off the bench. You know, he has good energy as well that can that can substitute um, McKenny. I've always liked Bentancourt as a rotational piece, not a starter. But again, yeah, it'll be good. And zero to add to that. Fully agree. There you go. There you go. Is Juan Cuadrado one of the most underrated, underappreciated right backs, right wing backs this season? Yes. We underappreciate him on this show twice in a row. I have. Statistically, he's the best player the past two games. Okay, we're playing terrible teams, but we don't give the guy the man of the match who's probably the man of the match two games in a row. And yeah, we don't we don't appreciate him enough. I I don't. I, I said like, in I the like spaces yesterday, the guys ran, uh, did a fantastic job. Lou was working the spaces for all UV cast, uh, doing a fantastic job on Twitter there. But I said, Juan Cuadrado for me is the most infuriating player ever. He scores an Olympico, and then his next seven to eight passes are absolute garbage, um, literally to the other <laughs> team and literally sprung them on a break. He's just the most infuriating guy ever. But is he underappreciated? I think all the frustrations mm -hmm. come out more than and almost mask a lot of those clutch moments and the and you know he's quietly he's quietly become what third all time in assists for Juventus. 
-hmm. a stat nobody really even knows. Like he mm -hmm. has just quietly crept up that ladder and yeah, he sits third. It's, it's wild to think about. So yeah. But Raf, your thoughts on Quadrado? Yeah, I feel like that question can be changed to just in general, like as a Juve player, man. Like I, I still haven't finished that thread that kind of shows how crucial this okay. guy is. Mm -hmm. Like I'm halfway through it and I had to just leave it because like I was, it was too long and I had to kind of give myself a break and I just completely forgot about it. But this guy, he's a the, the thing that makes him frustrating is that he's he's high risk, high reward. So when it comes off, like it comes off. And when it doesn't, you know, it, it, it can look as if, you know, he's he's like being wasteful for everything. But he's one of the few players in this team that will just take initiative of the game. When Ronaldo wasn't there against Inter Milan, he took the, the, the game from the scuff of the neck last season. And that was a huge reason as to why we're playing Champions League football this season. And even this year in Chiesa's absence, like this guy is turning up. He, from right back, he's one of our, our most like important players in, in, in the offensive end. And I feel like in general, as just a Juve player, he's he's underappreciated as hell. And I'm one of the, the few people on Twitter that's like, yo, like I'm ready to recognise this guy as a club legend for just the amount of times he or just the big moments that he's come in and when I mean big moments it's not like just a, a random game against Milan it's like crucial season defining games where he's just come through and and been the main man if you're not following Raf on Twitter you should because this young man he knows what he's talking about and Raf, could you do us a favor could you retweet that thread you were making on yeah no worries. could you put that back out there because it was really because it, it I started going through it and I'm like Holy snapping arseholes. He's he's got a lot of points here about Juan Quadrado. Yeah, put that back out there for uh for everyone to find it. And you can see his Twitter handle right there, section 80. And I'm I'm gonna finish the thread today now that I've I've reminded myself. So there's there gonna be go. more more goals added to it. There you go. Now, Cliff's got a question in regards to Keen. <clears throat> oh, Is Keen's lack of playing time affecting his plate and rhythm of the game? Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, you, you come into the game and you pick up a yellow card in your in mm. your first minute. Like, come on, man. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's just bad. But select is he a guy that needs more minutes? Does he need more minutes to to get going or whatnot? I think all strikers, if you want to consider him a striker, I think all strikers. Some people call him a winger, whatever. You know, all strikers need minutes. All strikers need that to kind of get into the flow of things. And it's for them, it's a lot of it's mental as well, right? You got to, you know, got to get into the rhythm, got to get into the feel of the game. That may be it, but it's, I, I, I would say if he's going to get minutes, we have these four, one, two, we have these four games to do it before Christmas. It's, it's got to happen now because it's not happening after Christmas. That's for sure. Because because they're gonna they're gonna add uh, Kyle Kyle George to the Champions League team uh, in January, so if if he's gonna get minutes, it's got to be now. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I feel like um in the game against Salernitana, I feel like we we saw that he was so hungry for that goal that even like when he was through and he had all he had to do was play in Bernardeschi to score, he just wanted the goal for himself, uh, and it's really frustrating to see because it kind of like puts the rest of the team in like a in a bad situation especially when there's a there's a player so like hellbent on scoring his his own goal that you know we're kind of missing chances um I I'm hoping that the moment he scores his first like legit goal because the goal against them Roma was kind of like a Bentancur header that kind of deflected off him I feel like maybe then we'll start to see a bit more like relaxed Keen. but right now I'm kind of seeing him come on the pitch and just do too much rather than just doing the, the the basics to kind of get a goal and it's really frustrating which even even if Morata's playing terrible it's just like I can understand as to why he's starting ahead of Keane so didn't yeah. he score a goal know. earlier this year yeah he, he scored against Roma but it was kind of like um it, it was a weird one because Bentancur initially got the header and it kind of just deflected off Keane's head no and another in. one didn't he score Did he? another one Against Spezia yeah, or something? Yeah, he yeah, he won uh, yeah, off yeah, yeah. a header from Rabio, and then he sat it, and then, uh, yeah, there was, cut there was to the right, really took a shot from our post. Thanks, Omer. Spezia. Omer knows. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, true. Now, Keane, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a frustrating one, but the thing is, is if you're on the outside looking in, you need to make the most of whatever minutes you do have. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole point of it. It's... 
it's the same situation as Kulishevsky, basically. You know, you need to make the most of whatever those minutes are so that the manager needs to look at potentially putting you in for those starts. My question for you guys is on a couple of guys who seem to be on the outside looking in. Two-man pivot, Arthur. Can Arthur play in your mind in a two-man pivot? Raf instantly shaking his head no. Anthony. Well, I'll, I'll let Raf start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from solely down to just what we see on the eye, I would not like to see him in a two-man pivot given the other midfielder all the workload to do in terms of recovery, chasing down, you know, just covering the, the full length of the field. Like, just judging from what we see of him, he's not quick, he's not strong, he's not agile. He's not positionally like a, a master where he can, you know, kind of be placed in, in good position like a Jorginho to make interceptions or so. Judging by the metrics, he's not good defensively on the offense. He's not impactful at all. He's a third, he's a player that you put in a midfield three to kind of just, you know, retain possession, recycle and, and whatnot. If you're going to put him in a two, he, he doesn't have the characteristics to, you know, take responsibility in, 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 in that sense. And I feel like that's why Max doesn't play him because he's been playing a two-man midfield so much this season. And I think even he knows that it would just be a suicide to do that. Yeah, this is the wrong panel to ask that question to because being Raph, we are not on the Arthur train. There's other guys mm-hmm. in our group that are. I've never I've never seen out of him like a consistent player in that position to like, okay, he, he holds the ball. He, he does well in, in that. Like he holds the ball and distribution – but like long distribution, no. Defensively, no. Uh, you know, work rate, no. Like I, I'm not sure. I'd rather just go back to Pianic. Then- well, <clears throat> that was a similarity I was going to put is that I see defensively similarities there. We got by with Pianic. Everybody's main counter to that is the fact that he had the BBC kind of behind him and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we did get by with Pianic. He was not good defensively like we have to be serious i don't know arthur i think again if you're gonna roll with this two man it's very much becomes who he's paired with um but i agree he would not be the defensive uh part of that duo would he be able to give you enough to not be that defensive part of the duo i don't think so we just we haven't seen enough the funny thing is even when you ask barcelona fans when he came to us from there, it's like, where's his best spot? They didn't even friggin' know. Like, they didn't even know. I bet you Arthur doesn't even know where his best spot is on the pitch. Um, it's it's weird. I thought three-man midfield, he would be one of the Metzalas, like is what a lot of the Barcelona fans were saying is, you know, he's going to be that eight. But uh, I don't even see that, to be honest, out of him. And Omar brings up a point just saying, I don't think we've seen enough to judge his best position while that becomes a problem when your team starts to shift to a new setup and formation and you haven't seen enough to know if he's going to fit or not. But right now everybody seems to be on the same page that don't think it's going to happen and he's probably going to get overrun. But if you're going to try it, this is the string of matches to see, to kind of see what's going to get in there. And this is another thing. Now we get to another player. I want to ask you guys about Kyle Georgie. Should Kyle Georgie have got more minutes yesterday? I didn't even know he made it on the field. Like, should he have gotten – would you have given him a run out, Raph? Uh, I I don't see why not. Uh, We could have easily taken off Kulusevsky, who was not great, put Bern on that side, and just put Kyle as a a left wing or maybe even paid him up top um, by replacing Morata. I mean – Again, Keen, Keen wasn't great against Salernitana. So even though he came on, I feel like Kyle could have easily come on and just been... But I feel like right now, it's... it's I, I'd like, I'm being optimistic in thinking that Allegri just doesn't want to gamble and just throw on young players wherever is needed simply because we are chasing a pretty huge gap from top four right now. So I kind of feel like he's maybe being a bit, you know, reserved and... And I, I'm hoping that maybe if we end up getting that top four spot and we have a couple lowly teams, maybe they can start to come through. But- yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Like people forget that the manager is also looking out for himself and his job. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna make decisions that are best for him. 
right? So Kyle Georgia coming on is not a best decision for him. We, we would love to see it. But in his longevity as a manager, that's not the right decision to make for him. But I would have I would have brought uh, the young Brazilian on yesterday and have Keen start midweek against Malmo. So here's my question. The rumors are circulating that <clears throat> Juventus will loan Kyle Jorge out in January. Would you loan him out? Yes. No. I wouldn't. Ooh. I wouldn't. Why? We're already thin up top. Up top, like nothing's really helping up top. So uh, is he the so answer? So you want to take one away with uh, make it even less? I, I I would rather get like this season. Like, I th- are we all going to agree that the Scudetto's at a hand? Juan Cuadrado says otherwise. Okay, and we just spent time praising Juan Cuadrado. Juan Cuadrado says he believes he is a man of faith, He's and it's faith. not over until it's over. For me, Kyle Jorge is not the answer to get to the top four. But to give him minutes to see what we have, he should be loaned out. He's not the make or break to make the top four. It's not that he's make or break, but I just I don't understand why, again, fitting the project, fitting the mold, he certainly deserved a few more minutes. And mm-hmm. if he's coming in, we talked about this in regards to some of these other guys that are in the outside looking in. You need to make the most of the minutes and the cameos you do get. I think in certain matches, it was ridiculous to even throw Kyle Georgie in because it was like five minutes here, um, seven minutes there. Give a guy enough time to actually show you. Now, the counter to that is Kyle actually showed us something in a phase that we weren't getting from Keen or Morata, which was actually good, good holdup. He was actually solid at that point. Um is it enough to warrant more minutes? I think he definitely warranted a look, another look. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, this stretch of matches, again, this is the time to kind of just give him more. I'm not saying you start the matches off in that way because we have to be realistic in the sense these are must wins. We mm-hmm. have to get the max points. But in a game like yesterday, when there's zero threat from Genoa, absolutely zero threat. The start of the second half, we were a little flat. Genoa tried to do some, but there was no bite there. I would have had no fear, say, 65th minute on. Kayo, come in. Morata's kind of making a mess of this. Give him a half hour, you know, or 25 and say, let's let's see. Let's see. Raf? Yeah, I feel, I feel like my only... The my only criticism of Allegri would probably just be maybe put him in just a bit earlier. We're not asking for a full 45 minutes, but 20 minutes from the end, like it wouldn't be too bad. Or even after he scored the second goal, I think he brought in Rabio. Like, why not throw in Kyle Jorge? Like, we don't we don't need Rabio to defend the lead against a team that's had zero shots. You know, you might as well give us something to you know look forward to. And we're looking back at the summer that we had, we were competing with AC Milan to sign this guy. And it's like, what was the point of us competing and you know, throwing in, I think we, we paid it a slightly a bit extra so we can get him in straight away. Like, what was the point of that if, you know, he hasn't played? Because we could have easily just signed him in January for free, but we paid for some reason and he's had, like, next to no minutes. And I'd be happy to, to replay this and be proven wrong in January. If Kyle Jorge gets more minutes in December, I hope he proves me wrong and stays. But mm-hmm. in terms of minutes, I, I don't think he's going to get them. I, I, did you bring up Cliff's question there, what bothers me most? On the UV. Listen, really, Rovella, Rovella would not be the player he is today if he's playing on Juventus this season. He's not. <clears throat> he's get he's getting the minutes. He's getting the minutes at Genoa. I, I don't think he would be given the opportunity to be the player he is today if he's on Juventus this season. Yeah. I mean, that is a scenario where the loan is working. To working great for the you know first time in a long time like we're actually doing something properly i never disagreed or whatnot with it it was funny though because when they were looking at midfielders and whatnot through the summer and some of the names again that were coming up it was just like if you were gonna go that route get rovella in rather than spend money on someone unknown because Rovella, this is now his second season out on loan there. And 
he was he got a full season under his belt there. This season, he took a major, major step forward. Mm-hmm. But uh, even after last season, it was like, okay, well, fits a mold. If we're going to go with this younger um, uh, move, then okay, he could potentially help and be another uh, set of legs because you know you don't have one in Ramsey. Like, there's no way. There's no way he doesn't come back next year to Juventus. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, zero and that's chance. fine. And that's fine. But again, it's just it's that uh, the way we look at things. And even uh, Dell's had a uh, comment in here that was uh, a joke about comments that Allegri makes that makes us feel like maybe he isn't the right guy to to bring in the youth and groom them and whatnot. It's a question mark that remains and that will stay there with Allegri, but we will see. Um, the Rovella loan is working the way it should. We just can't have the fear, I think, in actually committing to that if we want to go the younger route and lower the age of the roster, which is all these things that you hear them talk about, but then you get transfer rumors with guys that are complete opposite and you start to think well how does this make any sense not saying fill your roster with 18 year olds you know that's not what we're saying we're saying is don't have the fear if you have these guys and they've got a year under their belt somewhere to say maybe we should just bring them in rather than going to spend money on a guy that has question marks it's like we already own this guy where's the fear there when they're already your property. So it's just, it's just something something to look at. Now, in terms of midweek, we've got midweek and the rumors coming out are that Benucci will be back in the defense next to Delict. Quadrado and Sandro will be the fullbacks. Kulishevsky and Bernardeschi on the wings again. Locatelli, McKinney, Bentancourt and Rabio for the two spots is completely wide open and Keenan Morata. Nobody knows just as of yet who will go there. My question to you guys is who do you play in the middle out of those four midfielders against Malmo? And who do you start up top? Now keep in mind, we are equal with Chelsea on points and this could potentially decide the top spot. If Chelsea goes to Zenit, gets the job done, which they should, but it won't be easy. But well, it might be. So they be. go there, they get the job done. We need a lot of goals. Um, how do you approach this game? Just get the win. Do you try and go guns blazing? Raph, you want to start this one? About Malmo. Um, we should be bagging goals. I think like it's, we should it's a home game, goals. right? Yeah, we are we're at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're at home. We know how Malmo plays. We should be bagging goals. How do you approach it? Who do you play in the middle? Who do you start up top? Raph? Uh, I'll be 101% honest. I do not care. Uh, I would actually like to see Delict rested, Locatelli rested, Dybala rested. And yep, I don't know. Because judging from the last few seasons, even when we finish top and we've done it on the last day, we'll come across a poor team and just get humiliated in Champions League. So really finishing first or second to me doesn't matter at all. Love the positivity, so, Raph. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going off what I've seen the last few years. So I'd rather actually just rest players who have just been playing week in and week out simply because the rest of our players are crap and have them rested for the for a Serie A game, which for me right now is more important than Champions League because realistically, we're not doing anything in Champions League this year. I'd rather two just for get two. Two for two. Fully agree with Raf there. Now, yeah. can, I, I I wouldn't say say send all the Primavera players, but hundred percent agree. All like like Bonucci hasn't played two games, right? That's just him being rested. I would send Bonucci. Yeah. Other than that, just to give him minutes, maybe a half. But uh, yeah, I'm with Raf. I don't care who plays. Rest all the main guys. Send everybody else out there. I would actually give Bernardeschi a rest. You I know, think you. It, it, it's tough. He's not going to, Allegri's not going to do that though. The reason, the reason is, is because you still need, you still need to carry on um, some type of momentum. You could change the guys, keep the system the same. You get into a heavy rotation, all's kind of lost, but I think we just need to get the win. You need to get the win just to cover yourself if by any chance something happens there with Chelsea. Trying to approach this game and go after a ton of goals 
and play all those guys, probably not the ideal scenario because you need to attack the league with the fixtures that are there from now until the break. And Lucci brings up a good point. So we play Saturday and then there is no mid game next midweek next week. It's another week rest. Yeah. Yeah. It still doesn't change what I would do. You know, the fact that they'll get extra West uh, extra rest. I'm not going to go all in for six goals against Malmo and whatnot, because honestly, I don't know if we'd get them anyways, even if we went full guns blazing based on our abilities to finish. So just get the win. And I think honestly, even with a good rotation, you'd get that win, but I'd like to see things a bit, a bit tighter and close to what we've got in the past game. So like Benucci coming in, sure. Maybe you play Rugani, um, you know, mm-hmm. outsides. I would probably go with Sandro because my ultimate plan is to have Pellegrini be the the one. So I'd go with Sandro at right back. Well, Quadrado because who else? Um, so go with Quadrado. Maybe DeShilio is available. If DeShilio is available, sure. Why not? It's still, even with all that, you should get the job done against Malmo. In forwards, I would still roll out with Bernardeski and Kulishevsky, to be honest. I would still roll out with those guys. Do you play DeVinter? Um, That's a good, maybe Omer has a point here. I would. Well, DeVinter, I'd, Raph, yeah. We know you would. Yeah. <laughs> Go with DeVinter. Go with DeVinter. Sure. Sule, maybe Sule. Maybe Sule could play out on an outside. Um, why not? Let it go. I think you try and get uh, the victory, but you don't chase six or seven goals. Right. That's it. Just leave yourself the opportunity so that, hey, if Chelsea does slip up in any way, shape, or form, you take that top. But it's not the be-all, end-all. Yeah. Sule, Sule can play because he's a Primavera player, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he can. Yeah, yeah he could. So yeah, there, there you got it. So yeah, as far as uh, any of the news out there, and it was funny hearing uh, Quadrado talk. So we talked loosely about it on the match day live, Juve and where we stand. It was interesting when Atalanta pulled that result against Napoli. How many Juventini I saw say that's it for top four for Juventus, which is for me just I can't make sense of it. You're seven points out of fourth. There's 22 matches remaining in the league. Quadrado's taking it a step uh, over the top there, saying that, uh, you know, he still believes in the Scudetto. But it's the guys, right thing to say. Right thing to say. I believe in where do you Where do you see Juve finishing? Where do you think we'll finish come season's end? Third. So Anthony says third. Raf, what are you feeling? If we knock, like, knock down a couple positions in January in terms of maybe depth or maybe even a starter, I will agree third minimum. Fourth, I think Nap- Napoli's the, the, the wheels are falling off the wagon with Napoli. I think Atalanta. I think they're you know they're they're a cute little story, pretty little thing. They'll they'll fall off. I think I think I think Inter is just going to keep rolling as much as I hate that team. And then Milan just seems to have that. These past two years, they just have that it to kind of you know fight for wins, fight for draws when they need it. You know, even though they're down, man, I think they'll drop some points here and there, but. Uh, this is interest to lose, and third, real re- third is realistic. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I'm going to say we'll get to third. I think Juve will get to third, uh, fourth without a doubt. Juve will get fourth without a doubt. I think we've got a shot at third. Napoli, they've got Spalletti there, so not only factoring in the injuries or whatnot, Spalletti teams choke. It's what they do. It'll happen. Atalanta, I'm waiting for the annual uh, dust-up between Gasparini and one of his uh, main players. <laughs> That'll take place as well. That'll handle itself. Door open. Max gets results, gets the job done. We'll finish in a Champions League spot. And then we'll go from there. So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it. Against Genoa, though, uh, last question. Should we be concerned uh, offensively with this team? Yes. What Terrifying. do you think... Uh, the answer is rotating more up top, continuing to try and get Morata firing because he's he needs the goals. Who do you start like the next Serie A match? So not Champions League. You go Morata up top. Yeah. Yeah. So you just keep trying to get him firing, basically. Who else you have? Like you're 
the only solution is to bring somebody in in January, but the chances of that happening are slim. Like you're not going to get yeah. Skamaka in January because Sassuolo is fighting for a Europa League spot, right? Yeah. They're they're not going to give up their their main striker. Yeah, Raf, keep going to the well with Morata and hope that he gets it going and can get a streak going. Uh, I'd say go for go for Keen. Go for, for Keen. There you go. At Split. the end of the day, um. From what I'm hearing, the club doesn't want to renew Morata. So it's like, yeah. why would we continue banking on this guy? We have Keane. He's going to be renewed. I think it's an obligation to buy. So we might as well try and get him firing since he's going to be staying. Or Caio Jorge, we're not spoiled for choice. We might as well give give the kid a game against, I don't know, Venezia or something. Yeah. Let him, Venezia let him would a, be a good know. one to... To give it a go, I again they stink. Wrap wrap things up though. I I still get nervous, and you know a lot of the talk was even in this one when uh, Allegri substituted Pellegrini at the half while he's on a yellow. Max is taking no chances, and I was totally fine with that. He is not leaving anything to chance, like him getting a card or getting out or anything like that. So I I like that. Venezia would be a, uh, a go. I don't know if I'd start him. Keen, I'd probably be fine starting Keen. But between those guys, you might have to just keep rotating to get one of them going. And then the other guy's got to work his way in. But it's getting crazy. We need to figure that out, though. We need goals. We, we need do. goals. I agree. Let's see what happens uh, midweek in Champions League. Uh, we'll be uh, here to cover everything. You'll get a match day live. You'll get a tactical breakdown coming at you tomorrow. Okay? So... Hey, everybody that's here, we got like 18 of you live right now. Hit the like button, okay? Like the video, share the content. Let's keep growing this community as big as possible. Thank you all for the support. If you're new, subscribe. It's your one-stop shop for everything Juventus. And last, certainly not least, check out stripedheartsapparel.com, okay? Now, thank you, Raf. Thank you, Anthony. Always a pleasure, guys. And a nice victory Monday to kick off the week. We will see you all on our match day live Wednesday before the Champions League clash with Malmo. All right. Till then, as always, Pino alla fine, Forza Juventus. Ciao.